Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. everyone. Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my friend Kate Woodman with me. You can find her on Instagram at Rooted in the Seasons. I'm so grateful she said yes to join me today. I read a little bit about her story and then let her share it with y'all. So Kate, welcome. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for having me and I'm honored that you asked me to be on. Yes. Well, before we get started, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are and first maybe kind of guide us into what your season looks like right now as being a mom and a homemaker like where are you currently at right now in your homemaking journey sure so I am a mama I have a wonderful three-year-old daughter her name is Ellie she's actually three and a half time is going by really fast (laughs) and I stay at home and she does go to school two mornings a week. So we have that going on as well. But yeah, I stay at home and we just love our days at home together. So, so. Sweet. you and I are already friends and we've chatted a little bit. So I know that that hasn't always been your story. I know that you were a working mom before. So do you want to tell us a little bit about when you decided to become a full-time homemaker, I'd like to preface that anybody can be a homemaker, whether they work outside of the home or not. But I know you made that transition within, what, the last year or so. So tell us a little bit about that transition and how you decided to do that. Sure. So yeah, it was in the last year. I was working outside the home And in July of last year, my husband and I had been thinking about it for a while, but we decided to go down to a one income family so I could stay at home and raise our daughter. And I've been doing that since then. And yeah, those were long days, you know, staying home with my daughter and then going to work. The days are longer in a different way now, but I do know what it's like to have worked outside the home as well. And it's, it's not easy. You know, there's a lot of demand from you to have to do that. So, but yeah, so last July we made that decision. How did you guys make that decision? Well, we prayed about it a lot. It kind of came on to my heart kind of about a year ago, I guess. So it was in the spring and I was just feeling called to something different. I felt really wonderful that I was contributing financially to my family, but I I just felt like there was something greater that I was being called to. And so I shared that with my husband and we started to pray about it and talk about it. And then we just 
kind of made the decision. Like we were, we're just like, okay, put your two weeks in, like, let's do this. And when, then from there, that was, you know, the rest was history. So. Oh, cool. Before we talk about kind of those sacrifices that have to be made when going from the two income to a single income, I know we personally make a lot of sacrifices, but I've always been home. I've had like little side jobs, like coaching gymnastics. So I worked at a sports club, like at the front desk. I have little tiny jobs here and there, but we've primarily been a single income household. So we've kind of grown with that. I'd like to talk about those sacrifices and to go from the two income to a single income. But I'd like to talk about life for just a little bit about what that looked like when you were working outside of the home and then coming home. How did you manage that? I would love to know kind of like what that looked like for y'all, how that looked like on your marriage, because you're saying you're you were home during the day with your little girl and then you would leave in the evening for work. So I'm assuming did your husband have your daughter when you left for work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was really hard, honestly. <laughs> like you, you asked how I did it and I, I don't know if I did to be completely <laughs> honest. Like I just like, I was just exhausted, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very hard on our marriage. I think one thing in deciding for me to stay home was that we wanted to have a stronger marriage because we were like ships passing in the night. Like I didn't see him all day and then he'd come home and I'd see him, you know, and we'd say, Hey, and then I'd go to work and there's really no place to have a good marriage like that. But that's what was working for us financially at the time. And when you have children come into the picture, you want to provide for them and have a good life for them. And so that's, I guess, how we validated that. But yeah, it was, you know, I just didn't have the bandwidth to pour into my home like I do now because I'm able to stay home. And I think it's a blessing to be able to do that. What kind of sacrifices and solutions have you found going from the two income to one income? And I know in our, our budget has grown because my husband has grown within his profession, which has Mm -hmm. been obviously a great blessing. And I, and I love when he says like part of his success has been because I've been home. Like it makes me feel like I was contributing to something, even though I wasn't contributing financially necessarily. So it has gotten easier for us. But we've always had a budget. I remember one point we put all, I had all the change, you know, when you do laundry, you have your little mason jar or whatever, you collect your change. I put mm-hmm. all of our change, and it's always his change, right? Like he empties pockets and I never check pockets. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> it's like wash anything that goes through. I'm like, sorry, dude. I don't check pockets either. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I can't. I'm, thankfully, I don't dry a lot of stuff because I would probably dry a ton of chapsticks. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All the things. Yeah. It's so funny. But I remember I wanted us to go on a date. We hadn't gone on a date in forever. And so my, our children were really young. This was probably... My son's 15 now. He was probably like three at the time. I wanted to go on a date. We couldn't afford it. And so I'm like, you know what? We're going to cash in this change from the laundry. It's a jar and it's almost full. I remember going to Coinstar at the grocery store and dumping it in there. And we got 17 bucks. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. And so we went to Taco Bell drive through. (laughs) Yeah. 
And we went and parked up on the hillside and looked at the lights because we lived near a city back in the day. And we literally ate Taco Bell in the car. And I actually, like, I I don't remember a lot of our dates, but that one has stuck so hard because we were in such a, it was just such a different lifestyle than everybody else in our circle was living where our hot date was Taco Bell <laughs> with our laundry change from Coinstar. So I love it. it's I just love so it. funny. So there are a lot of sacrifices that come with being either a single income home the whole time because of that decision to have us home or I'd imagine it was even bigger of a deal because we kind of have grown through it you made the complete switch from two to one what did that look like and how do you how do you navigate that oh my goodness yeah it's been really challenging because I'm also someone who likes to shop and you know when when we had that second income it was a lot easier to have some flexible spending here and there and yeah we really I mean I'm going to be honest like we've been married almost six years and this is really the first time in our marriage that we have a strict budget that we've come up with that we have to stick to, or we won't have groceries or things like that. And yeah, yeah. bills And, you know, so that's been a huge sacrifice is I really had to look at myself and my spending habits and yeah, take a hard look at it and see, you know, instead of going out to buy a new dress or something, what if I make some cookies? Because I'm like looking for some kind of joy, you know? Yeah. That's been a big shift for me personally. And but I, I know it's blessed our family that I've been able to stay at home now, though, too. I love how you mentioned that you're having to kind of look at yourself in a different way and deeply really realize that maybe you were spending more frivolously and now you can't. And that's kind of a it is kind of a bummer and it is kind of hard. One thing that mm-hmm. I did that kind of made it feel better to me was the old saying, make do or do without. And then also I picture like these cute old ladies in the fifties being like, that'll do, you know, like just like this sweet, like that'll do instead of being picky. And instead of being like, well, I would rather have these curtains and get caught up in the wants and coveting of all these things that we have so much access to now with, I mean, I remember not even knowing how to use the internet, let alone at this point, like you can shop anywhere. But back in the day, the little ladies like maybe had the Sears and Roebuck catalog. And other than that, they just had to go down to the hardware store and whatever they had is what they got. And so I just picture them being like, well, that'll do. And like hanging up the schoolhouse light, which is now we're all like, oh my gosh, you know, people are paying hundreds of dollars for that schoolhouse light (laughs) that they got at the local store. It's funny, this little perspective change and putting a little charm on it of picturing the little 50s housewives or 60s and being like oh that'll do I think I'm gonna have to adopt that for sure I love that (laughs) that has blessed me immensely and then the idea of make do or do without because that has brought so many opportunities for learning how to be resourceful and and then having that let go of like you know I do I really need that No, I don't. And so it's like these charming little sayings from that have been around for decades and generations. 
that I think a lot of women in the Homemakers Club love the old-fashioned things. Totally. And so adopting that verbiage has blessed my heart on so many levels. I love that. I feel like I'm just gaining that from you through this podcast because that's something that I can use when I'm facing that. And it's just such a simple way to be like, you know, it's okay. Like what I have is enough. And I think you posted about it recently. I may not be financially contributing to my home, but it's enough of a contribution to find ways to save and budget where Mm -hmm. I can. And You know, I think like that's almost kind of become a game for me. We do the envelope system, the old fashioned envelope system. And so it's kind of like, well, at the end of the month, you know, like what do I have left in my envelope? Making it like a game, like you're saying, like, okay, if there's extra in our grocery budget, because I've been really, really resourceful and reusing ingredients from one recipe to the other, and I might have 20 extra dollars to go thrifting or whatever that feels fun yes and it's it's so much more of a reward than like and I feel okay about it you know like so I totally totally agree with that and you worked for it versus before like you could just go and buy the little dress or whatever it is stop at the thrift store and if you see a treasure buy it you don't even think twice about it but if you're having to put a little effort like you are picky with what you bring into your home because you're like, I only get this $20 or hundred or whatever your budget allows. You're going to be way more intentional about your spending when it's. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been a huge thing. Like it was kind of a resolution that I set for myself in 2023 because after starting to stay home, I started to look at my home, you know, obviously, and what's in it and how we do our home life and everything. And I just had so much stuff. I mean, you accumulate stuff having children, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but with 2023, I wanted to be intentional about what I brought in and wanted things to have meaning. And so it kind of goes full circle with the budget because when you, have to stick to something, you know, you don't have money to spend on anything and everything, but mm-hmm. yeah. I shared a, at the beginning of, I think of launching the podcast, I shared a little bit about how at one point I remember Pinterest just became a thing, or at least it was probably, I mean, I'm sure it was around. I just had no idea, but Same. I had read a quote and I've shared it before from William Morris and Basically, I'm going to butcher it, but it talks about have nothing in your home that you don't find to be useful and beautiful. And when I read that, I remember sitting in my living room and looking around and I we lived in a duplex. I've talked about this before. Janky, mm-hmm. janky <laughs> office carpet ugly <laughs> my father-in-law was sweet he painted my cabinets for me so it like made it a little better oh. he lived next door and he was a professional painter so the landlord said yes to painting them like oh. brown so at least they were nicer than like 70s ugly oh. paneling and oh my um, gosh yeah and so he I mean we tried to do a little bit of work in there but it was just it was ugly and gross. And I remember sitting there and I remember thinking there's nothing in this place that I find really beautiful at all um and I took it really hardcore like I I, not to sound ungrateful but a lot of the stuff we had whether it was hanging on the wall I either made myself or like I remember going to the dollar store 
buying these little frames, going to Joanne Fabrics and buying scrapbook paper. You're going to die. This is embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I remember hanging these frames in the bathroom and one in the frame had like Easter eggs. That was just like scrapbooking paper, literally frame scrapbook paper. And then one had grass because like I thought that was a good idea. (laughs) And I mean, that was my decor. And I'm like, I hate everything in here. Like I'm looking around, it was hand-me-downs, all the things. And so I'm like, you know what? And and this is also when Facebook Shop and Swap just started kind of too. Like there was a new, that whole thing was a new world and everyone was doing it. And so I literally took that like wildfire and I'm like you know I'm gonna make my house a home and I'm gonna do this really hardcore and I went through like a crazy person we had a basement that we never really used I loaded that basement with everything like I went through every drawer I only kept like two spatulas because who needs 18 spatulas all oh from the dollar store like really you know maybe two I am right there with you. Yes. I rid my house and then I, I made piles. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna, I'm gonna sell this on Marketplace or it wasn't Marketplace, it was Shop and Swaps. I'm, if yeah. I can make more than $20, it would justify my time dealing with the, you know, meetups and all the things and gas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And if it wasn't gonna be worth more than 20 bucks or I could bundle things together, like all my children's clothes that were too small, like I would just sell as a bundle for like $30. So I only had to deal with one person. Oh yeah, totally. My husband came home from work that day and was like, what is this? He's like, this looks like a jail cell. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds like something my husband. <laughs> he was like, that's what he said. And I'm like, but listen, just trust me. And so I sold, I worked so hard for probably a month. I sold all this stuff. I felt so good because I wasn't surrounded by stuff I didn't like. And then I used that. I think I made like $600 or something. I mean, quite a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And I used that $600 and for the first time in my whole homemaking journey, started really understanding the intentionality of bringing beautiful items into our home and being, and I only had, I mean, that, that was my cash money. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I'm going to spend $20 on a piece of art, I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby and I'm going to buy what I want or buy it used from someone else on Facebook. Yeah. And that was incredibly life-changing for understanding like how I wanted to make my own house a home within my financial means. Yes. I, I think I can't remember what podcast it was, but I remember you talking about your duplex oh, <laughs> and, and I, it's so funny you say that. Cause that's been me like the last, well, was, I was for sure doing it the month of January. Cause I think, you know, like new year, you yeah. got all energy, like, and I just wanted to purge all the things that I felt like weren't serving me and yeah. And weren't beautiful and simple and useful. And so that continues to be an ongoing process. And I think it drives my husband a little bit nuts, but it's for the betterment of our home. And, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of miscellaneous things because of children, you know, right? Yeah. but, but, you know, like you said, the spatula is like, (laughs) we only need one or two. We don't need a million, but that's where that make do or do without comes into play now because I could easily, and I used to, oh, I need 
whatever. I need a laundry basket. I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to buy, you know, the $7. I don't remember how much they cost. Laundry basket. Or make do and do without it. And then know that, you know, I'd really love one of those beautiful wicker laundry baskets that we're seeing all over Instagram right now. And I'm going to keep my eyes peeled and I'm going to stash some cash aside for a beautiful laundry basket that I might find at Goodwill or whatever. I found both my wicker laundry baskets, I will say, at thrift stores for under $15. And they're the big, beautiful wicker ones. And so it can hold out. You can make do and do without until you find that, I mean, you can carry your laundry amazing enough with your arms, you know? With You have two arms that you can carry. <laughs> yes, but if you want that laundry basket so much, you can make do and do without until you find the beautiful one or a yep. paper towel holder or a fruit basket. I mean, the things that were like, oh, that's so beautiful and dreamy or the picture with the blue stripes that, you know, people oh. are loving that ironstone stuff right now. But that idea of make do or do that, go to the store and buy a vase that you don't love or a picture you don't love, spend the money, not love it at all. And then you happen to find the one that you love and you, what are you going to do? Bring another one in or just do without or spend the money anyways. And so it's kind of like you were saying, like the game aspect of it and that mental shift of like, do I need it right now? Or can I be patient and get the one I really want? Absolutely. That's helpful. And that, that patience is hard because I'm, I am not a patient person. I feel like, I mean, it's hard to be patient in our, our day and age. And that's something God's really calling out in me in this season. Patience with house projects. We're, we're painting our kitchen cabinets right now. So lots of patience there. Patience with my daughter, more importantly, like trying to be a patient mother and patient wife, you know, I feel like it's the hard thing to be patient instead of the instant gratification you know we get to model that for our children as Mm -hmm. well I think that that's another like a little bit of spirit that I receive when I'm verbal so my children are older they're Mm -hmm. nine and 15 and so to be able to have those conversations with them and be honest like oh mom just like I really want this and and they can go with me to the antique stores or whatever and they can see me like dying over something and if I leave it behind I'm like this is gonna this is a good lesson for the kids to be able to be like I wanted that so bad but one we shouldn't be purchasing anything extra right now or maybe I'll wait a couple of weeks and if it's still here, then I'll, we'll come back and get it. And so that's also been such a blessing to be able to share that with my children because both my children, they do chores and my son works a little outside um, for neighbors or our friend owns a gas station. So he had like a summer job this last summer, but they save their money. Like it is unbelievable. My 15 year old saves his money, which blows my mind. That is that. And that's like the fruit of what you're doing, you know, and I hope. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, you know, and my daughter's only three. I have to tell myself what I'm telling her, you know, like it's, it's totally a good, good thing for both of us. (laughs) It is. So we talked about your transition from the two incomes to one being a homemaker. You worked outside of the home. 
you're trying to balance your schedule and your marriage and being a mama, and then now you're home full time. How has that been for you, being home full time? Like, has it been ultimate rainbows and butterflies, blessings, or is it a little hard? Yeah, I would say a little bit of both. There's been so much blessing for our family and to have home-cooked meals. Like my husband will say what a treat and joy it is to just be able to have a home-cooked meal. I'll be honest, in the first few years of our marriage, I did not like cooking. (laughs) I would just throw something together and it was more of a chore to me, but it's, it's a joy to be able to do that. And And I would say us actually sitting down together and having dinner has been one of the greatest blessings because we weren't, I mean, we didn't do that, you know, in 2020 and 2021, like life was, we were kind of just in survival mode and just for anyone to eat was the goal. So for us to be able to sit down and have that intentional time and my daughter sets the table oh, and yeah. it's it's really special and so that's been wonderful it's been it's been a challenge though because i i honestly i didn't know where to start i didn't know where to start homemaking like what what do i do you know and i think for me it was easy to just say oh i'm going to stay home like i'll make sure the laundry gets done i'll make sure everybody gets fed but to make the active choice and decision to foster love and a place for patients in your home and to be a peacemaker in your home, like those are the those are the more active, tough decisions to make. I started making sourdough. I really got into that. And I had a garden last summer that really brought me a lot of joy. And I would kind of say that was like my first introduction into homemaking was, was having this garden. And it, it was really great to have that place for my daughter and I to spend time together. And I, I just really enjoyed it. I'm so excited for this year gardening. Well, if it ever uh, gets here, we both live in colder climates. <laughs> so it will come. It will come. It will come and it will be glorious when it does. And, but it, yeah, it's definitely hard. Was that your uh, first garden? No, that was my second. Yeah. So the first one was, yeah, definitely like trial and error. We were actually in a little rental property at the time when I had my first garden because we had had a house fire in 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And we had to live elsewhere for a while. And that, that was really challenging, but I was like, you know what? I am going to garden. I wanted to have that garden so bad, but it was difficult because it was not raised beds. There were so many weeds. <laughs> it was, it was crazy, but I feel like if I can have a garden in that light, I can have a, a garden in my raised beds and it can be great. <laughs> Sweet. It, it's funny how much symbolism there is between gardening and homemaking, I'm as far as having to learn how to nurture and tend to there's like always something to do it starts out from just having that desire to want to learn something new 
And then you have to plan your garden. You're figuring out. I mean, I'm not a fancy gardener at all. And actually, it's a miracle that I grow stuff because I'm learning as a garden grows, basically. (laughs) But there's, I mean, there's planning that's involved. You have to get your hands dirty. You see what works, what doesn't work. You're making adaptations. Like, there's so many things And then you get to bring your daughter in it. So she's learning how to do the same thing and to nurture and to water and you weed. And it's just like we are the gatekeepers of our home. And so we're weeding out the things that aren't great. You're talking about like taking a hard look at yourself with your spending habits or learning new skills or what you and your husband think is appropriate for your daughter to watch. Like you weed all these things out and then you pour all the good back in and watch your home grow. And so it's so fun to look at like the gardening world and think like, gosh, what we're doing out in the garden is literally what we're doing in our homes. Oh my gosh. I just love that. (laughs) I love that so much. I'm like hearing out. Because it's so true. And, you know, we have the ability to be the gardener of our home, you know, and we get to choose and be empowered with what, what we want to be, what we want to have in our home. And it's just, that's such a cool analogy. I love that so much. We get to decide what we grow. Yes. Yes, totally. And it's cool. There's cool. cool. It's so cool. Yes. I love it. So now that you're home, I want to talk about a post that you made and Mm -hmm. I sent it to you and I said, we've got to touch on this because I think people need to hear this side of it. I want you to kind of talk about the post that you wrote talking about how you haven't always loved being home. Oh my gosh. Well, I was honored to have you reach out to me about that. Once I started staying home, I just didn't know where to start and what to do. You're looking at this huge task ahead of you and, you know, I get super overwhelmed by that. And so I decided that, well, if I do one small thing a day that I can feel accomplished about, whether if that was cleaning out our hall closet, not a big space, but something that kind of drove me nuts because, you know, there was just a lot of junk everywhere, stuff that had just been just randomly put in places. And that really weighs on me over time. Like when my spaces are just cluttered and and whatnot, like I can feel it tugging at my soul. And so I cleaned that closet out. And at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, you know, that felt pretty good. And that space is organized now and doesn't bother me when I look at it. And then I said, well, what's something I can do tomorrow? Meal planning. That was a big one because you know, who can have like a productive week when you don't have a meal plan, but it was a tool that I didn't have in my toolkit. And so every Sunday now I sit down and I go through what we're going to have for the week. And, you know, not everything's a fancy dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but, you know, making that meal plan and having a dedicated shopping day to go and get your things. Also sourdough, that was a huge huge thing that I really wanted to learn. And so I just like threw myself into, and I love the the thing that I keep seeing on Instagram about making bad bread. Because you have to, you have to, you have to. And I have made some really sad loaves, (laughs) but the great thing is, is they still taste pretty good, you know? Right. And you're learning like they, Mm -hmm. 
homemaking is not boring by any any stretch. I mean, the days are wild, especially when you have children and young children. There's so many opportunities to do some really wonderful things, to learn some wonderful things, to fail and to be humbled. <laughs> like it's so it's such a an amazing journey. It is. It's it really is and to have that perspective too, I think really helps because I think we all try to do the best we can and our best looks different from day to day, obviously, and learning to have that grace for myself on those days where I just don't have it in me, you know, but the days where I also feel like I'm productive and I'm really reaping a lot of fruit from things that I'm trying to do and those are, those are the really good days too. Do you have a practice or something that you try to do daily that helps kind of maintain your mental health? You just mentioned having grace for yourself on the not so great days. What does that look like for you? Just is it just an, a knowing that, you know, what, I'm going to have these days or do you journal? Like what helps you get through those hard days knowing yeah. that they're going to happen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think some maturity that I've gained as I get older is knowing that those days are not avoidable, you know, like those days are going to happen and they do. And something that I have really done for myself that has helped me is a daily walk. Like that is something that just, I, I love to do. And I walk even in the winter. I mean, if it's blizzarding, obviously, like I'm not going to do that, but I'll go on our treadmill. And so that's something that really helps me reset or just keep me on a good trajectory for the day. Also, when I do have days that are difficult, I just have like one task for myself that I know I I'm going to try to accomplish, even if it's as simple as unloading the dishwasher. I usually do that in the morning, but even if that's all I get to for the day, it's hard for me to be at peace with it, but I know that it's good for me to be at peace with that too. Like a training or a discipline to mm-hmm. know that you're not every day is going to be super productive. All the boxes aren't going to be checked off. Actually, I used to make a checklist of like all the things I want to get done. I stopped mm-hmm. doing that. Like, I don't, I don't even do that anymore because I felt at the end of the day, like, what the heck? Like I checked two of these boxes. I, it created an opportunity for me to be bummed and feeling like I was not productive, even though my productivity used to think like floors had to be clean, all the laundry, all the, all these things that I wanted to do that made me think like, if I do this, I'm being productive throughout my day. But then, Uh, like you said, maturity, that was definitely something I've had to really understand is like, wait a minute, am I being more productive in my home, housekeeper versus homemaker idea and mentality? Like, where's my productivity lie? Do I feel at the end of the day, I was more productive if I was kind to my family, my children, I made really good meals for us. And like you said, they don't have to be extravagant, but like, something we enjoy eating and we ate around the table. My heart feels more productive if we did things like that every day. And then we did like a family pickup for 20 minutes or whatever, blasted some music and had a dance party and cleaned up the house. 
that feels like a productive day to me. So I stopped making checklists and I just had this like, I had to discipline myself and train myself to find productivity in a different light. But I think setting the scene and having a peaceful atmosphere within your home and knowing that the chores can get done tomorrow Mm -hmm. if they have to, but if you're going to be happy, that's more important, I think, in the home than being upset every day that you didn't get chores done or housekeeping duties done Mm -hmm. that's helped me substantially feel productive is like seeing my productivity in a completely different light which is like tending to my home yes gosh I love that so much an image comes to my mind of toys scattered throughout my home and dishes in the sink and you know just not a tidy home but amidst all of that it can still be a peaceful home you know like peaceful in the sense that how I interact with my family, how I interact with my daughter and my husband. And I think that's the season I'm in right now is trying to have a peaceful home in that sense, rather than the perfectly tidy, put together home. Yeah. Um, and you, you can have that. So I don't want to diminish yeah. that because I've always liked a tidy home. Like I Thanks. I need things picked up. Like I can't, I've never been one that can handle just like chaos. Like I, I remember when I was a little girl, my great aunt, so my grandmother's sister, she had the home in Florida. You'd go to like her cute little home and it was like perfectly decorated and everything Mm -hmm. matched, which I appreciated. She had white walls, which I loved. Like it was so understated with the sand dollar watercolor paintings like everything was muted colors everything was soft and beautiful it always smelled good she had tea time and lemonade every afternoon she always had her nails done and she smelled like spearmint gum like I just thought she was like (laughs) so she had the shoulder pads like she was just like this the epitome of where like a, a home that was just at peace and at rest with the color palette she had like everything was just peaceful and there was routine in there like the the tea time and lemonade every afternoon in her enclosed porch like I loved visiting her home mm-hmm. and so I think I kind of adopted that like I need calm colors in my home I need no clutter I can't handle all the messes all the time like I don't I can't like for my own soul like I become cranky and I can't rest and so I'm busy all the time tidying and cleaning not because I'm a psycho but because I appreciate a calm and tranquil atmosphere and so you like with your little girl you're in that season where there are going to be toys all around your house my 15 year old still plays with the fingerboard skateboards and so I mean we still have toys in the house for sure but I have found that if I'm just like family cleanup like we need to tidy right now like periodically throughout the day and then doing one big one and I've done this since the very beginning when my husband he works an hour from home he'll Mm -hmm. call and tell me he's on the road so I'm like okay I have an hour and so that's when we kind of do the blessing hour I talked about it it's been probably like two years actually since I've talked about it but the blessing hour we all clean up the house during that time and not like a fake like I feel like sometimes it sounds fake like I'm gonna pretend like the house has been like this all day that I've had my makeup on all day I've been dressed all day but what happens actually is during that time we prepare the home for his arrival so it looks great the kids when they were really young I'd make sure their faces were clean or whatever but then that leads us into a peaceful dinner time and so we're doing like these little pickups throughout the day 
Yeah. And then we do one big one where I actually like might vacuum the floors and do all of that. And so I look forward to having my kids help do it. It's not a horrible task where everyone's like, oh, about it. We don't have to do it every single day because some days we've just been so great at picking up kind of as we go that mm -hmm. I... I don't need to do a big clean, but that's also where I get my chores, like my real chores done as well. It's been a great rhythm of just like, we all pitch in multiple times at the same time together throughout the day to have that tidy home. So it's aesthetically yeah. pleasing. It's tranquil. I'm happy. Everyone's learning how to do cleaning tasks around the home. And I did it when they were itty bitty, like toddlers like little ones and I had my nieces and nephews there were times I'd have 12 kids in the house oh my gosh just me <laughs> with 12 it. children and they did it they they I'm like y'all we are cleaning like everyone you pick up the dolls you pick up the toy cars you pick like delegating who's gonna do what but I've, I love I can have 12 kids in the house and the house is still picked up because we all pitch in and help that's amazing and I think that's something Again, like I'm learning so much from you in this session that we're having because I, you know, I think I let it all fall on me. Like, you know, I have to clean everything up. I feel like it's all my responsibility, but at the same time, like I'm almost doing, you know, my daughter a disservice by, I want her to learn how she needs to clean up her toys after, you know, we play with so-and-so and yeah, I, I love the family fun. cleanup. It's so I fun. I talked about it on the last episode. Like you could just bust it out. Actually, I think it's, yeah, on the last episode. You just bust yeah. it out. And then my kids like use my verbiage. Like we're going to just bust it out, mom. Like we laugh. <laughs> I crack up because they say these things. But it's like my voice in there coming out of their little bodies. But I'm, I've always done that. And now they're so big that they kind of do it on their own, I'm, which is wonderful. And then also well, I would want to talk about that pressure that you were mm -hmm. just saying like it is easy to feel like well if I'm home all day I have to do all the things mm -hmm. I think so many of us care so much about wanting to show gratitude by not asking them to help us do anything around the home mm -hmm. and that was something I really struggled with for a long time like I yeah. felt like either a failure or I felt like, oh my gosh, this is such a heavy weight to bear. Like I'm not only in charge of growing, like we we're talking about the garden and the home, growing mm -hmm. this family and growing good humans and values and all the lessons that we want to instill in our home, but also all the housekeeping that we have to do. It's a heavy, heavy pressure to bear for sure. <laughs> What yeah. I have seen is that I, when I, with this maturity and growing, we, I'm 15 years into it, having my husband help do certain things and be like, this would be such a blessing for me if like after we had dinner, if you could just do the dishes. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what's fantastic and mind-blowing is my husband was like, sure, babe. Yeah. What? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honey, of course. Like, I never offered because you never asked. Yeah, totally. I never Absolutely. asked. This is new. This is within the last year. So for 14 years, I never asked. Yeah. 
I really relate to that. I kind of compartmentalize our roles, you know, as like he goes to work and comes home and, and sometimes he still even is working into the evening when he comes home and we're both trying to like learn our work-life balance with each other and with our daughter. And you now I just, I think vocalizing that to him, that it would be a blessing for me when I, I find that I get into trouble when I bottle things up and leave things in. And instead of just communicating to him, like, like, this would be helpful to me. They're not going to think to ask, you know, they're not going to think to offer it, you know? No, they're not. My husband gets up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. He has an hour commute each way. He has an hour to commute home and then he just gets to be home. And so... I love that for him. And I love that he can credit his growth in his professional world, like partly to me because he has that where he can come home. And I'm so grateful that I have that availability and the capacity to do that for my family because I am home. But Mm -hmm. also like the amount of stuff we do at home is a lot of work. A lot of work. We do a lot. And it's you know. never done. He he has a hundred yeah. employees. And so tasks yeah. get done every day and they check things off the box and they have that like high five employee of the month awards and like yeah. all the things yeah. as homemakers, we don't have that. And no. so we're just like, wow, there's a lot to get done. And so my husband, I know for a fact, would rather have a happy wife than a cranky mm-hmm. wife. Oh. And so if I'm like, if you could please do the dishes, it would be so wonderful to me. Then you can go shower and rest and do whatever you want. And then while he's doing the dishes, I'm switching the laundry. So we've found like this perfect routine and rhythm amongst ourselves. And that one tiny thing that I've asked him to do has been an incredible blessing. Like it blows my mind how happy, but I really thought about like, what is something I can ask him to do where it lightens my burden just a little bit that I actually will feel like overjoyed because by the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is clean up from dinner. Yeah. Like I'm done. I, I feel you. Yeah. That is, that is so true. One thing that's worked for us that we do lately is we'll delegate after dinner like okay who wants to do bedtime who wants to clean up you know yeah and um, it it helps obviously lighten the load for me because there was a time in our marriage where I I was was like doing everything because he was working a lot and that only can go so far so one thing I think that's helped us is to, yeah, to delegate the bedtime routine versus the cleanup. Or if he's doing dishes, like I can go, like you said, throw the laundry in. Because our jobs, we don't get to clock out. We don't get to, you know, have employee of the month. Right. It would be really <laughs> fun. I'm going to make one right. for my own house. Right. Like employee of the month, my gold star. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be hilarious. Actually, I feel like I might do it just to be funny. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we might need to start that for sure. We should. I'm going to start a thing on Instagram. (laughs) Employee of the homemaker of the month. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great idea. It is such a beautiful role that we've all found ourselves in, whether we work outside the home for a few hours a day or we're home full time or 
women who are home full time, but they're also working. They own a business, so they're working at home, like me. And there's like Sally Clarkson. She writes all these books. Like there's so many women within our community that are stay at home, work at home, homemakers. And so we all have our different varying lifestyles, but we're all homemakers. And we all have our ups and downs and we have our rainbows and butterfly moments throughout the day. And then we have our hardships. And so it's just such a cool thing to know that we're all in this together and that you can message at any point. I mean, you and I are new friends. I know. And it's 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 so so easy to be friends with you and everyone else within the Homemakers Club. We just have so much we can talk about. Before we wrap this up, Do you have any encouragement or, and it doesn't even have to be like an inspirational encouragement. It could even be like, I found that this one thing throughout my day has helped our family immensely in the season we're in. Like, do you have anything that you could gift the homemaking community to think about or just something that you think will bless their hearts and homes? Gosh, that is, I'm honored to be asked that question. I think that one thing that's been a huge blessing for us is our family dinners. I feel like if you can sit down with your family at the end of the day and make it a family affair almost because I'll be cooking dinner and my daughter will want to help, you know, so she'll set the table. And I think just for us to end our day together that way has been a huge blessing. You know, no phones, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, just there together. There's just so many wonderful moments that happen there that I know I'll cherish for a long time. And it's also like, it's also chaos sometimes, you know, like my daughter does. Yeah. Doesn't want to sit down and eat, you know, but, but those have been really good for us. And I think in my own personal journey, like the one last thing I can say is if you are religious, like some type of prayer meditation throughout the day, like a reset, whether if it's you know, a small little prayer or something to just help you recenter back to the present moment. Because, you know, we're being pulled in so many different directions. And I think if you can have something, whether if it's like your breath or like a little prayer or blessing, that's what I love about the Homemakers Club is the little blessings every day and, and words of wisdom that you write on each post, like how to meditate on that throughout the day or whatever it be. That's really helpful. Love that. One thing that I would say has been huge, and I've been sharing this actually with a friend of mine. She works outside of the home throughout the day, and they're going through some hardships right now. And she kind of stopped doing everything she loves. She stopped cooking. She stopped baking. She actually didn't even want to decorate for Christmas, which broke my heart because they're just going through a lot of heavy stuff. And I started telling her, I'm like, listen, you need to start changing the scene you got to set the scene you've got to start redoing these things that I know you love to do and so encouraging her to start again just pick one thing like she's a phenomenal baker even though she would Mm -hmm. never say she is she's a great baker and I'm like you've got to start creating home for yourself again like you have to do that for yourself and I'm like you've got to start making home again and make it a priority you've got to bake you've got to turn on your music light a candle I'll mail you a candle I don't care what I have to do but yeah prioritizing that home and that comfort for yourself is hugely important and the other thing I started noticing she kept calling it 
her house, my house, my house. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, let's let's change our language here. Let's start calling it a home again because that's mm-hmm. that's what it should be. And and so changing our language, like verbally changing the words we use, mm-hmm. it, it's so funny. But like, just it makes difference. Our language makes a huge difference. The the words we speak, even just. When you say house, like, oh, I got to go go clean up my house. Like that, there's no emotional tie to that for me at all. But if you say, I'm going to go tidy my home, like the, my whole heart feels completely different just from that word shift. So my encouragement would be to, if you're feeling like you're in the situation where nothing feels good right now at home, to start setting the scene and start doing something that's going to make you feel at peace within your home, whether it's the candle or the music, something you enjoy, putting your phone down and actually reading a magazine or reading a book, like something that just fills your heart, and then learning new language for the words you're using, uh, verbally saying them, texting them with your friends about the blessings and the hardships, like changing our language is incredibly impactful. It, it really is. It totally is. I, I can relate to that. And it, I think it just shows like a great sense of ownership too. When we, when we speak, you know, about our children and our home and it's a greater emotional tie and yeah, that's, that's really good. I like that a lot. And I think of something, I can't remember, it probably was on the homemakers club page, but about like romanticizing your life, even in like lighting a candle in the morning when I wake up or when I'm folding laundry, you know, like it's just impactful. Really is. It totally is. And it just makes things more joyful. And I'm able to just be filled up by the task of folding laundry, you know, it's, totally. it's just adding beauty to the ordinary. And a lot of us talk about that. And we see it so much on Instagram and like finding joy in the ordinary days. Well, that's a tangible way to do it is changing your language and romanticizing your words. Like even that, like it is why I've been thinking a lot about the words we use. And, you know, you can, I laugh, like you could go to the doctor and you have to put like occupation I used to put nothing like I would put N.A. <laughs> like I don't have a yeah. job. And now yeah. like yeah. writing in cursive, homemaker, like I'm like, ha, yeah. ha, ha. like this is so awesome. And then I think of all the women in the homemakers club when I do it. So then I'm like high fiving everybody. But like just oh. like just those those little shifts or when you're yeah. folding laundry, putting the music on, like it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could just literally be something that will make like I always say set the scene, but like that is huge so and the lighting so- like turn on a lamp instead of the bright you can find a lamp at goodwill for four dollars and that lighting is phenomenal and romantic and cozy versus the big lights i'm always turning off lights in my house like y'all are crazy like we do not live in target <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. My husband will make fun of me for how many lamps I have and where I have them. And, you know, but that's one thing I always remember growing up is my mom always just had like this cozy scene, like that we were, you know, it was just cozy. And my friends would come to our house and, and be like, oh gosh, your house just smells so good. And so I, I love creating that welcoming atmosphere and environment too. I just, it's, it's so true. You set the scene for 
for creating beauty, you know? And then it, and then it's wild. What happens is it actually like transforms like in your heart, like, yeah, it's the, and so if it does it to us and we're the creators of that, imagine what it does to our husbands, our children, our neighbors that stop by right now, my kids, you know, my kids <laughs> right now my, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, try not to use the word kids my children have friends and they come over and I'll never forget one little girl told me and she's a teenager now but she says I remember coming to your house when I was little and I remember eating lunch outside and I always felt like it was so special because of the plates you served it on my God. They were, and I'm like, you are my favorite. Like, you are my golden child. Because <laughs> you noticed. Golden star. You win the day. But they were just, and they were from Walmart. And I think I paid like $5 maybe for a pack of 12. They were just the plastic little things that you stick a paper plate into. Because when I would yeah. have all my nephews and nieces and then other little children would come over because I was the only homemaker out of everybody we knew, I would end up with a house full of kids every summer. Oh, my gosh. So paper plates were where it's at. There's no way I was going to clean all those dishes for three meals well, a day. Yeah, there's no, no way. way. But I <laughs> definitely made it special because I'm like, well, these are cute. You could throw them in the dishwasher and you could plop a paper plate into it. But that was what she was talking about. Like she felt like that was so elevated and so fancy. Oh. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, really, it's just practical. It's sturdy as the paper plate. But right. it made it fun and fancy for them. And and that's like, that is the award and accolade. Like I love hearing little things like that um, from our guests because you don't get them as a homemaker. So no, you don't. I love that. I mean, it's, it's just about like creating a beautiful, special experience for, you know, for those you love. And that's, I just think that's so cool. It's so fun. We are, it's just a fantastic way to live life and grateful for it. it. And thank you. I'm so glad you joined me today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Oh gosh. I'm again, still so honored. And I feel just, it's so wonderful to know you and be a part of the community. And I just, I'm truly grateful. So thank you. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We Are The Homemakers Gathered For Good. See y'all next week.